Bible, go please to the book of Judges. Vamos a ir en esta tarde a nuestra Biblia, libro de jueces, capítulo 11, Judges 11. We're going to read a few verses out of there. Judges chapter 11, beginning at verse 1. Jueces, capítulo 11, el verso 1. Now, Japheth the Gileadite was a valiant warrior, but he was the son of a harlot. And Gilead was the father of Japheth. Gilead's wife bore him sons, and when his wife's sons grew up, they drove Japheth out and said to him, You shall not have an inheritance in our father's house, for you are the son of another woman. So Japheth fled from his brothers and lived in the land of Tob, and uh, worthless fellows gathered themselves to Japheth, and they went out with him. Now, if you would, go down to verse 29. Ahora el verso 29. Just so you know, went out with him doesn't mean they dated. <laughs> These millennials, you just never know what they're thinking when they read the Bible. <laughs> now, the Spirit of the Lord came upon Japheth, so that he passed through Gilead and Manasseh. Then he passed through Mizpah and Gilead, and from Mizpah of Gilead he went to the sons of Ammon. And Japheth made a vow to the Lord and said, If you will indeed give the sons of Ammon into my hand, then I shall, it shall be that whatever comes out of the door of my house to meet me when I return in peace from the sons of Ammon, it shall be the Lord's, and I will offer it up as a burnt offering. So Japheth crossed over to the sons of Ammon to fight against them. And the Lord gave them into his hand. And he struck them with very great slaughter from Aror in the entrance of Mineth, 20 cities as far as abel Karim. So the sons of Ammon were subdued before the sons of Israel. Let's pray. Father, we thank you tonight for the wonderful privilege it is to be in the house of prayer. I thank you especially for the great testimony that we have heard tonight of your grace and power in the life of Sister Betty as well as Sister Adis Mendez and in the life of Mercy and so many others whom you have touched and made whole and are still working in our lives. And we thank you for that. I pray that that faith which moves mountains would continue to increase in every one of our hearts. And now as we come to the word, I pray that you would anoint my lips of clay to preach the word of the living God, and that you would as well anoint the hearing of this congregation, that they might hear the word and receive it as seed sown in fertile soil of our hearts. We pray this in Jesus' name. The church said amen. 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 Tonight we enter into the sixth cycle of the book of Judges. Hoy entramos al uh, sexto siglo de, uh, o ciclo de la historia de los jueces. Uh, ya eh, la semana que viene entraremos al, al último ciclo. We'll see the last cycle next week, Lord willing. And so tonight I want us to uh, look at this cycle. We're going we're gonna to come at it from a different vantage point uh, because we've, we've already seen how God did raises up deliverers for those who call out to him. Hoy uh, ya hemos visto cómo Dios levanta a libertadores para los que claman hacia él. And uh, it's, it's been a pattern, if you have noticed in our study, God always uses the least likely 
candidate. Uh, es un patrón que uh, estamos viendo, se ha establecido en este estudio, que Dios siempre usa al instrumento menos esperado. God uses misfits. Someone should say amen. Uh, Dios usa a los que no caben muy bien en el asunto. Y debemos decir amen porque así somos usted y yo. Sometimes uh, we feel like we don't fit into God's big picture. Sometimes we may feel like we don't have anything to contribute. Quizá a veces nos sentimos como que no tenemos nada para dar o para contribuir. O que nuestros dones y nuestras habilidades no son como las de otros. Maybe we think my gifts are not as good or as useful as someone else's gifts. But if we will but let God. Si dejamos a Dios que nos use, Él nos usa. If we will let God use us, He'll use us. And He will make a name for Himself through us. God's greatest desire is to receive glory out of our life. El deseo mayor que Dios tiene es de recibir gloria de nuestra vida. And so, when you and I face different challenges, uh, often they come into our life in order that God can receive glory through them. A veces cuando viene un desafío a nuestra vida, uh, viene para que Dios reciba gloria por medio de ella. So, in the middle of a trial, we might say, why am I going through this? Why did I have to come this way? Why did life have to challenge me like this? A veces en una prueba pensamos, ¿por qué yo? ¿Por qué me pasó a mí? ¿Por qué tuve yo que pasar por esto? But I just want to let you know that God uses the challenges of our lives to bring about not only our own well-being, but to bring about glory for his name. God can turn anything around. Dios puede darle vuelta a cualquier situación si usted y yo estamos dispuestos a dejarlo trabajar. I don't know if you heard that tonight, but I just want you to hear it in your heart. And if you have faith in your heart, then hear it with faith. God can turn any situation around. Dios le puede dar vuelta a cualquier situación. Maybe you don't have a situation that needs turning around. But if you do, let me just tell you, God can turn any situation around. Quizá usted no tiene ninguna situación en su vida que necesita cambio. Pero Dios puede darle vuelta a cualquier situación. The Bible, I love to tell the story of Joseph, but Joseph woke up in prison one morning, and by evening, he was sitting at Pharaoh's table as the prime minister of Egypt. I said, God can turn any situation around. Are there anybody in here that needs to turn around in, in some area of your life? And look at God. Watch God. Focus your attention, your confidence on God. Si usted necesita que Dios de vuelta algo en su vida, piense en José Amaneció siendo prisionero y para la tarde estaba sentado a la mesa de Faraón como el primer ministro de Egipto. Dios puede darle vuelta a cualquier situación. So let's look at this man named Japheth. The Bible tells us some interesting things about him. Now, the Bible was inspired by God. Okay, so the Holy Spirit inspired the writers to write the words that are written in the word in the Bible. And so when the Bible mentions something, it is God saying to me and to you, I want you to notice this. And when the Bible doesn't mention something, God is also uh, making a point about it, all right? So let's look at what the Bible mentions as 
Japheth's uh, resume, if you would. If you had a one-verse resume, I'm sure this would not be the one you would want. Okay, but the Bible said that Japheth was a Gileadite. He was a valiant warrior. If only there was a period right there, that would be perfect. Right? It says he was a valiant warrior, but he was the son of a prostitute. I told you you wouldn't want that to be your resume. Dice que Jefte era un, un uh, varón valiente, pero era hijo de una ramera. Ouch. Para el comienzo de su vida, ya tiene marca en contra de él. He hasn't yet started out life, and he already has marks against him at birth. That he was the son of a harlot. Que era el hijo de una ramera. Now, I told you the Bible includes these details because God wants us to know some things. La Biblia incluye estos detalles porque Dios quiere que sepamos algunas cosas. Now, here's what I want. I want us to just dig into that little detail for a second. Vamos a ver algo en este detalle, detalle número uno. Esta noche. First of all, that God doesn't care as much about where you've been as where you're going. God doesn't choose your future based on your past. Lo primero que vemos es que Dios no escoge nuestro futuro dependiendo de nuestro pasado. You ought to thank God for that. God, I said God can use anybody, right? Dios puede usar a cualquier persona. So when you get around to thinking God can't use me, just remember old Jephthah. And remember that he had strikes against him just because of who his mama was. But God was not concerned with that. In fact, God was going to use that to make a point about the fact that he can use Anybody. Al nacer, Jefte ya tiene un problema en su, en su carácter que alguien le está diciendo, eres hijo de una ramera, entonces no vales, no tienes valor. Y Dios aquí nos asegura que Él no decide nuestro futuro por nuestro pasado. If you have anything in your past that you're ashamed of, you just stay under the blood, all right? Because God does not determine your future based on your past. There ought to be some excitement in the house of God tonight. Debe haber alegría en la casa de Dios cuando decimos que lo que haya pasado en tu pasado no tiene que determinar tu futuro si estás bajo la sangre de Cristo. The blood of Jesus, the forgiveness that God gave us at the cross, dealt with the past. La, la, la sangre de Jesús ha tratado con el pasado y nos ha dado un futuro. So I want to just uh, cement that in your mind, and I pray that you will uh, carry that. And if you have children, invest that into their lives. We're all born with some strikes against us. Cual, cualquiera de nosotros ha nacido con algunos puntos en contra de nosotros. If you just think about it right now, you might be able to say, I was born with some strikes against me. Uh, yo sé que uh, al pensarlo, usted puede pensar en lo que le faltó a usted en el nacimiento. You might say, well, I was born left-handed instead of right-handed, or I was born short instead of tall. I was born in the wrong family, on the wrong side of the tracks. I was born with the wrong parents. You can go through all these lists of things that could be setbacks in your life. 
But I just want you to know that what you, you, what you view as a limitation, God actually views as an asset in your life. Lo que usted y yo a veces pensamos es una limitación. Dios lo usa como un beneficio en nuestra vida. Lo usa para ponernos en alto. He uses it to put us in a place that we couldn't have gone otherwise. I told you the story about the missionary who had his eyes were crossed and his whole life he lived with the complex of being cross-eyed. Les he dicho del misionero que nació con los ojos cruzados y toda su vida tuvo el complejo de que tenía los ojos cruzados. And then he lived in the Czech Republic. The Russians tried to hypnotize him so that he wouldn't preach anymore. Los rusos lo, qui lo quisieron uh, hipnotizar para que ya no testificara y por los ojos cruzados no, no pudieron hacerlo. They couldn't hypnotize him because he was cross-eyed. And he realized, hey, God had a purpose in this. Dios tenía un propósito en esto. So you just remember when you're looking at your setbacks, your limitations, think about it. This is an asset to God. Nuestra limitación es un beneficio para Dios. That's why the Apostle Paul said, when I am weak, then I am strong. Por eso dijo el Apostle Pablo, cuando yo soy débil, ahora soy fuerte, porque de mi debilidad se glorifica Dios. God is glorified in my weakness. He's glorified in that place that I think he can't use. Dios es glorificado en ese lugar donde yo pienso that's why when people tell me, Brother Isaac, Pastor Isaac, I'm going to pray so you can regain your sense of smell. I tell them, don't you dare pray that. That's between me and the Lord, all right? If he made me that way, this is an asset to me. Somehow, some way. Por eso cuando alguien me dice, Pastor, vamos a orar para que pueda tener su olfato una vez más porque yo no puedo, no tengo el sentido de oler. Les digo, no ore así, porque si así me hizo Dios, para algo lo hizo. Y nuestro, nuestros, nuestras limitaciones pueden ser grandes instrumentos en las manos de Dios. Our limitations can be great instruments in the hands of God. So it's all right every once in a while to kind of think about what your limitations are, because God may be pointing to your purpose through that. Si usted se pone a estudiar sus limitaciones, quizá Dios lo va a enseñar, le va a enseñar cuál es su propósito a través de esa limitación. So, this guy's already got strikes against him, but God is not concerned with that. Este hombre ya tiene este, este punto uh, en contra de él, pero Dios no, no se uh, preocupa por esto. Now, I want you to notice something else concerning this. Two things happen. Dos cosas ocurren. Number one, he's born the son of a prostitute, but he's given the name Jepheth, which means he will set many free. Le dan el nombre Jefte, que significa él traerá libertad a muchos. Now, generally we know that in the Bible it was the women who named the children. En la Biblia eran las mujeres que le daban el nombre a los hijos. So I just want you to think about this. This woman... She knew that her son was going to have the whole deck stacked against him just because of who his mama was. So she made sure that he had a name which told him that he was more than his past. La madrecita de este niño le dio un nombre 
eh, el cual ella sabía toda su vida se le va a recordar quién fue su madre. Le van a recordar el fracaso que fue en su vida. Pero, pero le voy a dar un nombre para que todos sepan, más que nada que Jefte sepa que él es un libertador, que él es uno que Dios va a usar. I don't know if you understand this or not, but God has given you a name. We talked about it on Sunday, didn't we? Dios nos ha dado un nombre. What's the name he gave us? That's right. He gave us the name son. We were slaves, but he made us sons. We were outsiders, but he made us sons. We were uh, sinners, but he made us sons. So now we are able to come before him with confidence because we have a new name, a new identity. Jephthah had an identity. He had a, a problem in his past, but his name said, I'm different than my past. I just want to tell you, friend, when you learn and you realize this incredible value of what it means to be a son of God, you realize my past has nothing on my future. I have a new name, a new identity. I'm a son of God, a child of God, and I have uh, the blessing of God on my life. Él entendía lo que debemos entender, un principio muy importante, que al tener el nombre de hijo, ya nuestro pasado no determina nuestro futuro. Y tenemos acceso a Dios porque somos hijos de Dios. Tenemos acceso a Dios en la oración. Tenemos acceso a Dios en la petición porque eh, tenemos el nombre de hijo. Entonces, él toda su vida tiene la decisión. All his life now, he has a decision to make. Either he's going to believe his circumstances or he's going to believe his name. You realize every one of us has the same choice. Él tiene dos decisiones que hacer. O va a creer su circunstancia, o le va a creer su nombre. And we all have to make that choice. Am I going to believe that what I'm going through is all there is, or am I going to believe that I'm a son of God, that the blessing of God is on my life, that the favor of God is on my life, and that where I am is just a step to where I'm going because I'm his child. Tenemos que decidir, o voy yo a creerle a mis circunstancias y el problema que estoy pasando, o voy a creerle a Dios, que yo soy hijo de Dios, que tengo su nombre escrito sobre mi vida, que yo tengo su bendición y su favor en mi vida. You know, when we go through trials, we're tempted to think that we're always going to be in that trial. Cuando pasamos una prueba, se nos, eh, viene la tentación de creer, siempre voy a andar en esta prueba. When you're going through a crisis, you're tempted to think, this is always going to be a crisis in my life. You're going through some marriage issue, and the enemy will tell you, your marriage is always going to go through this issue. You're going through some son, uh, father, or mother, daughter situation, and the trial will tempt you to believe this is the way it's always going to be. You might lose a job, and the enemy will come and say, you're never going to prosper. And so you have to decide, am I going to believe my situation, or am I going to believe my name? Am I going to believe who God says that I am? That's why it's so important for you to have a vision of what God wants you to do in your life and where God is taking you. Por eso es tan importante tener una visión en tu mente de lo que Dios te ha prometido y lo que Dios va a hacer 
en tu vida. Because when reality contradicts the vision of God on your life, you need to say, I'm going to believe God. I'm going to walk toward what God has promised over my life. Porque cuando la realidad contradice lo que Dios ha dicho a tu vida, entonces tú tienes que decidir, yo le voy a creer a Dios. It's very quiet in here tonight, but I know that I am talking to the people who need to hear this. You know, Jesus, he told Peter, he said, Peter, when you are an old man, this is how you're going to die. He, he told Peter how he was going to die. He told him that he, would, he was going to be crucified as an old man. Jesús le dijo a Pedro, cuando eres anciano, vas a morir de esta forma, y le describió el hecho de que él iba a morir crucificado. Well, a few years later, Peter is in prison. Unos años después, Pedro está en la cárcel. And the rumors are, as soon as Passover is done, the king is going to uh, execute Peter, because he had just executed James. Herodes había acababa de matar a Santiago y era el rumor, el pensamiento del rey que él iba a matar a Pedro. You know what Peter did while he was in prison? Anybody remember? He went to sleep. The old boy went to sleep. Se puso a dormir Pedro. How many of you would go to sleep the night before your execution? <laughs> What's going on here? Well, Peter wasn't quite an old man yet. Pedro no era anciano aún. And he must have thought, Jesus said I was going to die when I was an old man. I ain't no old man yet. <laughs> so whatever's going to happen is going to happen, but I'm not dying tomorrow. Él, él tenía que haber decidido. Jesús dijo que cuando era anciano yo iba a morir y yo no soy anciano todavía, así que mañana no me muero. Aunque, aunque quieran matarme, mañana no me muero. He had faith in God and what God had spoken over his life. He had a picture in his mind of what he was going to be in the future and he hadn't hit that yet so he knew my time's not done yet. Él tenía esa visión de lo que Dios iba a hacer en su vida y por tanto él no había llegado a eso no se iba, no iba a perder su fe. Is there anybody in here tonight who just needs to have a good night's rest and not worry about what's going on around you and just trust God? Anybody in here that needs to just give it to God and trust the Lord? Well, Japheth made a decision. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to believe my name. I'm going to believe my identity. Jephthah decidió, yo le voy a creer a mi nombre. Yo le voy a creer a lo que Dios ha dicho a mi vida. Now the Bible says the second thing happened when he grew up that his father had a, a wife and other sons and the sons threw him out of the house. Los, los, uh, uh, how do you say stepchildren? Hijastros? ¿Cómo? Hijados. No, pero los, 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 hijastros, no, no lo estamos describiendo. Jefte, el padre de Jefte se casó, tuvo otros hijos, y los hijos de él rechazaron a Jefte, lo echaron fuera de la casa. Le dijeron, tú no vas a tener herencia con nosotros. They said, you're not going to have an inheritance with us. I don't know when this happened. He may have been a, a teenager. He may have been in his 20s. Quizá ya estaba, era adolescente o ya tenía 
edad de unos 20 años, pero lo rechazaron, lo echaron fuera de la casa. They threw him out of the house. Now, again, he has to make that decision. Ahora, con el rechazo de su familia, él tiene que hacer esta decisión. Si voy a creerle a mi identidad, lo que Dios dice que yo soy, o si le voy a creer a mi familia y a la circunstancia que hay en mí. Do you know that, uh, you know this, but I'm just going to state to you, that your family can hurt you worse than anybody else in the world. You say that with such conviction. <laughs> Nobody can hurt you like a brother, right? Or a sister or mom and dad. Why? Because they know you so well. They know how to cut you where it's going to hurt the most. A veces la familia es el lugar donde más somos heridos. Porque nuestra familia nos conoce tan bien que saben cortarnos de la manera que más nos va a lastimar. That's why they say civil wars are the most bloody of all wars. Por eso dicen que las guerras civiles son las más sangrientas que hay. The bloodiest war in American history was our civil war. Brother against brother. Cuando es sangre contra sangre, hay un gran derramamiento de sangre. No hay compasión. Why is it there's no compassion? The first murder in the Bible was brother against brother. El primer uh, homicidio en la Biblia era hermano contra hermano. So this is a deep wound for Japheth. Esta es una herida profunda para Jefte. And the Bible said that he leaves and uh, the, the, uh, he's been cast out of his home. Lo, lo rechazan sus hermanos y él huye. But the scripture says that worthless men came to him. Dice la escritura que otros hombres vinieron hacia él. And the description of worthless men, it really means that those who were indebted, who were I had a criminal record, men who had been rejected or cast out came to him and a, a gang of brothers basically was formed. Hefte se unió y se unieron a él varones que no, uh, no tenían una reputación muy buena, habían fracasado, quizá era, estaban endeudados, esta, eran hombres que tenían un pasado criminal, pero con Hefte encontraron una comunión, encontraron una familia Nueva. They found a new family. They found an opportunity to um, join forces. And so these men joined forces, and Jephthah was the leader of them. Jephthah fue el capitano, el líder de ellos. Listen, in the midst of being rejected, he has now become the leader of a movement. En, en, en el hecho de ser rechazado, ahora él ha llegado a ser el líder de un movimiento de varones. I told you God can turn things around, right? Dios puede darle vuelta a la cosa, but God's not even done yet. Because the scripture says that as years passed, Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. What do we learn from history? Nothing. Here we go again. Cycle number six. Uh, Israel entra de nuevo al ciclo y dice la escritura que hicieron lo que era malo en los ojos de Jehová, se olvidaron de Jehová. Y Jehová levantó a un enemigo. The Lord raised up an enemy of Israel. And guess who, when the council of Israel's government came together, cuando se uh, unió el concilio de gobierno de Israel, decidieron, ¿a quién vamos a llamar 
para que nos libere de este enemigo. They got together to decide who are we going to call in order to uh, deliver us from this enemy. And guess who they called? Jefe. Ellos llamaron a Jefe. You think that was an accident? Sería ese un accidente? No. They called the reject. The guy they themselves had thrown out. El que ellos mismos habían echado fuera, lo llaman. This has happened to some of you, hasn't it? You became a Christian and you got thrown out. It's happened to a few of you, it sounds like. Cuando les pasó que cuando creyeron en Jesús, su familia los echó fuera. Pero llega el día, ¿no? But the day comes when they need prayer. The day comes when they need counsel. The day comes when they need a champion. And guess who they come looking for? Come on, church. God will turn things around. If you'll just be patient and wait, God will create this the right environment for things to turn around in your life. Si eres, eres paciente y espera, Dios va a crear el, el, la situación propia, adecuada para que esas personas vengan y necesiten lo que tú tienes. You know, they, they say you can take a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. You've heard that, right? Se dice que puedes llevar un caballo al agua, pero no lo puedes hacer tomar. Well, one rancher said, well, if you, if you feed the horse enough salt, you'll make him thirsty. Dijo un ranchero, si le das sal al, al caballo, lo vas a, le, va, le va a dar sed. You give those horses enough salt. God will bring them to the water. But don't you go give them salt. Let God give them the salt. Deja que Dios le dé la sal a los caballos. Y con el tiempo, ellos mismos van a saber dónde está el agua. Isn't it funny how thirsty people know where water is? Los que tienen sed saben dónde está el agua. Do you have water to give? I hope you do. You stay ready. Keep it wet. Because thirsty people know where there's water. They came to Jephthah. They said, this guy has water. Now, he, he wasn't living in the age of grace, right? He had, not been, he had not received a new birth experience yet. So when they come to him, he responded the way all of you would like to respond in that situation. They said, we need you to come fight for us. He said, why should I go fight for you? You rejected me. You threw me out. God had turned things around. Él dice, ¿por qué debo yo ir a pelear por ustedes? Si ustedes fueron los que me rechazaron, they said to him, Jephthah, if you do this, we will make you the commander-in-chief over all of us. Le dijeron, si haces esto, te vamos a hacer el comandante sobre todo esto. You know what he would have liked to have said? So is my mama still going to be a harlot at that point when I'm the commander-in-chief over everybody? Are we still going to be talking about who my mama was? You know, Japheth could have gone all over the map on these guys. God had turned things around. And then we read in verse 29 that the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. Leemos en el verso 29 que el Espíritu de Jehová vino sobre él. The anointing came on him. La unción vino sobre él. 
You know that the anointing is God's hand on your gifts. La unción es cuando Dios pone su mano sobre tus dones. When God puts his hand on your gifts, that's the anointing. Cuando Dios pone su mano sobre el don que ya tienes en tu vida, ahí está la unción. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him. That's all he needed. El Espíritu de Jehová vino sobre él. Esto es todo lo que él necesita ahora. Que Dios ponga su mano sobre ti es todo la diferencia para la situación que estás confrontando. That God will put his hand on you and use your gifts is all the touch you need from God. Do you realize that? You can try to be somebody you're not that's never going to work. But when you allow God's spirit to work through who he made you to be. A lot of people God can't use because they haven't, they're not themselves yet. They're trying to be Billy Graham Jr. He's like, that's, I already did that. They're trying to be T.D. Jakes. I already did that. I want to use who I made you to be. And if there's anything about Jephthah, we know that he understood who he was. He believed God. He believed his name. He understood his identity, and he was able to walk in that porque él conocía quién era. No tenía que ser alguien que no era. And sometimes we get into trouble because we, we kind of do this on the reverse. Instead of trying to be somebody, most of the time we, we try not to be somebody. I'm not going to be like my mama. I'm not going to be like my dad. I'm not going to be like so-and-so. I'm not going to be like this person that let me down. And as long as you're trying not to be somebody else, you're not going to be who God made you to be. A veces el problema es al, 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 al otro lado que decimos, no voy a ser como mi mamá, no voy a ser como mi papá, no voy a, a ser como esta persona que, que, me, uh, que fue un fracaso en mi vida. Y por querer no ser como alguien más, no llegamos a ser quien Dios nos llamó a ser. Pero la unción es cuando Dios pone su mano sobre el don que hay en tu vida. When the hand of God comes on the gift that's in your life, the anointing begins to flow. Now, this is, this is where I wish there was another period in this. Uh, uh, because if it just stopped there, things would be great. But the story turns. Because Jepheth now, uh, he, he knows the hand of God is upon him. But he needs a little bit of assurance. His faith wanes a little. La mano de Jehová está sobre él, pero su fe mengua un poco y él quiere una, una aseguranza que Dios no lo va a dejar solo. He wants some assurance that God's not going to leave him or let him down. Now think about it. What has God already done for him? God gave him a prophetic name. You're going to deliver many. And then God gave him a band of brothers to come around him. And then God gave him the approval of the very men who rejected him. And yet, uh, God gives him the anointing of the Spirit. And then he says, I want more proof. I want a, I want a guarantee. Dios le da un nombre profético. Vas a ser el que va a traer libertad a mucho. Le da un ejército a su lado. Le da la aprobación de los varones que eran los líderes en Israel. Y también le da asunción y aún así dice, quiero más pruebas. 
And he says to the Lord, if you do this through me. Verse 30. If you will indeed give me the sons of Ammon into my hands, then it shall be that whatever comes out of the doors of my house to meet me when I return in peace from the sons of Ammon, it shall be the Lord's. And I will offer it up as a burnt offering. He says, okay, God, I want some proof. So I want to make a vow. If you will do this, I will give you the first thing that walks out of the gate when I'm walking home. First thing that walks out the gate, I'll burn it in an, in an altar. Well, did God ask for that? No. But this was a lack of faith on his part. And sometimes the struggle is there. We have all these points of God's approval. And yet we reach out and say, I need one more. Gideon did the same thing. And he puts out a fleece before the Lord. Here's what happened. The Lord did give him victory over his enemies. And when he came home, he's coming home in victory. And his daughter walks out the gate. Cuando él regresa de la batalla... Y ahora él ha ganado porque Jehová le dio la victoria. Y él llega a la casa y dijo a Jehová, yo ofreceré en holocausto la primer cosa que salga por la puerta. ¿Y quién va saliendo por su puerta sino su hija? If he could have just believed God. Si solo hubiera creído a Dios. It would have been enough. Si le hubiera creído a Dios sin pedir otra señal, él hubiera recibido la victoria sin ninguna pérdida. He would have had this victory with no loss. But now he's got, he's put his mouth somewhere that he didn't want to go. He said something. He made a vow that he should not have made. Let's look at what Ecclesiastes 5, 5 says. Vea lo que dice Ecclesiastes capítulo 5 verso 5. Anybody have it? Go ahead and read it if you have it, J.D. Okay. It is better that you should not vow than that you should vow and not pay. El mejor, Ecclesiastes 5.5, ¿alguien lo tiene en español? Hermano José lo tiene. Está bien. Okay. Oh, you have it, Brother Vera. Hermano Vera lo tiene. Que prometas y no cumple. Amen. It's better not to vow than that you vow and not pay. Now go to Matthew chapter 3. Ahora Mateo, capítulo, uh, pardon, chapter 5 of Matthew. Mateo capítulo 5, verso 33. Matthew 5, 33. It says, 
Matthew 5:33, Mateo 5:33. Again, you have heard the ancients were told, you shall not make false vows, but shall fulfill your vows to the Lord. But I say to you, make no oath at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by the earth, for it is the footstool of his feet, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Nor shall you make a vow by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. But let your statement be yes, yes, or no, no. Anything beyond this is of evil. Dice ahí que no debemos prometer uh, por el cielo o por, por el trono de Jehová o por uh, Jerusalén ni por el, uh, la ciudad del rey ni por nuestra cabeza sino que nuestro sí sea sí y nuestro no, no. All right, so here we have the, the, these two issues. One, we have a lack of faith on the part of Japheth and then we have this issue about making a vow. And this is just uh, ultimately what Jesus taught us. He said, instead of making promises, just do what you're going to do. En vez de hacer promesas, haz lo que vas a hacer. Que tu sí sea sí, y tu no, no. There's, there's an underlying principle here. I, hay un principio aquí. That God wants us to be Dependent on him. Dios quiere que estemos dependiendo de él. Que nuestra confianza esté en él. If Japheth could have just believed God. I mean, he already had four pretty solid reasons to believe God. But then he had to put himself in there. If you do this, and I'll do this. Si Japheth normal le hubiera creído a Dios... Él hubiera tenido la victoria, pero él se tuvo que poner él por delante. Si tú haces esto, yo hago esto. And God's not interested in us being driving bargains. He doesn't need our bargain. Dios no necesita que estemos negociando con él. All he wants is that we believe him. Todo lo que él quiere de nosotros es que le creamos a él. And so, here just briefly are some, some points I want you to take home. Number one, increase your capacity to receive what God gives you. Número uno, crece tu capacidad para recibir lo que Dios te da. How many of you are good at receiving? ¿Cuántos son buenos para recibir? Somebody gives you a compliment. Do you receive it? Say, no, no, not me. Are you good at receiving? Are you good at receiving? Si alguien le da un complemento, ¿cómo lo recibe? Gracias. Qué bueno. Oh, no, no, yo no soy nadie. No. Cuando Dios te da una promesa, ¿cómo eres? ¿La recibes? When God gives you a promise, do you receive it? Well, you need to increase your capacity to receive. Because God is giving us his word. We talked about this Sunday night. When you receive a promise from God, you receive it with your mouth. You say, amen. You say, that's for me. I believe that. 
And when you have a great capacity to receive, guess what God will do? He'll give you more. If you're not good at receiving, then gifts stop coming. Si, si usted no recibe muy bien, se, se detienen los regalos. But if you're good at receiving, that channel of blessing is open. Jephthah had a little problem here. He had received all these promises, and yet he needed to just get, get God on the record one more time. And all he needed to do was just, you know what, say God said he was going to do this. He gave me a name that meant I was going to do this. He gave me men to do it with. He gave me the authority to do it. And he gave me the spirit to do it. I'm going to do it. And he could have gone forward and God would have given him all the victory that he needed. So I just want to encourage you to increase your capacity to receive. I heard about a lady, uh, um, uh, a man gave her a car. I guess he was uh, her boyfriend or somebody. Gave her a car and then she never said thank you. He gave her a car, right? She never said thank you. So he called her up. He said, hey, did you like the car? She said, well, it beats walking. <laughs> now, she didn't have a very good receptive spirit there. So you and I need to cultivate gratitude, the capacity to receive what God has given us. Tenemos que cultivar esa capacidad de recibir como la mujer le dieron un carro y dijo, pues es mejor que andar. En vez de decir gracias o de estar alegre, dijo, pues es mejor que andar. No tenía la capacidad de recibir y a veces no recibimos bien. Pero leímos el domingo, dice la escritura, que a los suyos vino y los suyos no lo recibieron. Scripture says Jesus came to his own and his own what? Received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he the right to be called sons of God. A los suyos vino, los suyos no lo recibieron. Pero aquellos que lo recibieron, a ellos les dio el derecho de ser llamados hijos de Dios. How many of you have received Jesus? Guess what then? You have received the inheritance of a son, the identity of a son, the nature of a son. Usted ha recibido a Jesús, usted ha recibido la identidad de un hijo, la naturaleza de un hijo y la herencia de un hijo. Es necesario ahora caminar en eso. So we have to walk in that. The next thing, that, and this is what I want to close with, is Japheth, he, he failed because he wanted a sign instead of hearing God's voice. Jephthah fracasó aquí porque en vez de oír la voz de Dios, quiso una señal. Pruébalo. Pruébalo. En vez de creerle a la voz de Dios, dice, pruébalo. Dios ya había hablado. God had already spoken four times. How did God speak to Japheth? He gave him a name. He gave him an army. He gave him authority. And he gave him an anointing. Has God spoken to you about some stuff? Believe him. Walk in that. Dios ya había hablado a Jefte. Le había dado un nombre. Le había dado un ejército. Le había dado autoridad. Y le había dado la unción. Pero por no ir a Dios, 
quiere una señal. And we have talked about all last year the importance and continue this year of hearing the voice of God. ¿Qué tan esencial, importante es oír la voz de Dios? Is God talking? How many of you can hear God's voice? All right. You know, Jesus said, you have this in your heart by now. I've said it a million times. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. How many of you are his sheep? So guess what? You, you can hear his voice. Jesús dijo, mis ovejas oyen mi voz. So here's the thing, and I'm going I'm to just put this out there for you. You don't have to go to a third party to find out what God has to say to you. Usted no tiene que ir a una tercera persona para a, a oír la voz de Dios. So you don't have to wait for some great prophet to come through town to tell you. You can talk to God and hear what God wants to say to your heart. And believe that. Tiene usted que creer eso. ¿Qué ha dicho Jehová mi corazón? Now often God will, once he has spoken to us, he might use a third party to bring confirmation. But I don't have to go to a third person to know what God wants to say to me because if I can read the word and if I can pray, I can hear God say to me, this is what I'm going to do in your life, Isaac. This is where I want you to go. This is the decision I want you to take. And then I go and I might hear uh, that uh, like Japheth did, he had an army come around him. He had authority given to him. All those things came to confirm that God was, in fact, speaking into his life. Sometimes people get into trouble because they want somebody else to tell them what to do. What's God's will for my life? I remember a young man coming to my dad. He said, Pastor, I want you to pray so that God will tell you wh which job I'm supposed to take. I was kind of eavesdropping. I want to know what my dad was going to say. He said, son, you pray. <laughs> Let God speak to you. You know, Jeff, really he's saying, if, if I'm wrong about this, I want to have somebody else to blame, right? I want to blame God or somebody. But uh, I don't want to take all responsibility on me for this. And yet faith says I know God's voice. I'm his sheep. He speaks to me. And I can obey him. So I want to I take you to last passage here tonight. Go to 1 Kings chapter 3 verse 9. 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 9. Primera de Reyes, capítulo 3, verso 9. Look at what Solomon prays for. Salomón hace esta petición. He says, so give your servant an understanding heart. That really means a listening heart. Dale a tu siervo un corazón 
entendido, un corazón que oye. To judge your people, to discern between good and evil, for who is able to judge the great people of yours? What do you need in order to be able to hear God's voice? You need a listening heart. It's kind of an odd statement, right? He doesn't say, give your servant a listening ear. He says, give your servant a listening heart. As far as I know, the heart doesn't have ears. But our inner man is our heart. Our inner man can hear the voice of God. But often it doesn't come in an audible, thus saith the Lord. It comes in an impression. It comes in a whisper. It comes in some sense of knowing God has just spoken about a situation, about a matter. And that capacity to hear God's voice has been given to every one of us who, who knows Jesus Christ as your Savior. Now, I'm not talking about hearing voices. If you're hearing voices, I want to pray for deliverance tonight. Okay, I'm not, I'm not talking about hearing voices. It's not voices, it's a voice. The voice of God. I'll tell you my experience. When I have heard the voice of God, it hasn't been audible, but it has been like, like a deposit, a download of words into my inner man. And it's like a paragraph and one word all at the same time. And that word confirms what the scripture has said to me. And it's an answer from God on a specific situation, something that comes often really just in the form of a thought, but you know that this came from outside of you. It came from God. Now, we can't really blame Japheth because he didn't live in the day of grace. He didn't have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. In the day of Japheth, the Holy Spirit would come upon a man for an act or a powerful, uh, powerful moment and then re come away. En los días de Jefte, el Espíritu Santo venía sobre un hombre y se retiraba. Pero ahora usted y yo vivimos en el día de la gracia. You and I live in the day of grace. The Spirit of God has come to stay. El Espíritu de Dios ha venido a morar dentro de nuestro corazón. And that Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children of God, then heirs of God. And if heirs, then we can hear the voice of God. And so tonight, I want to just encourage you to hear his voice. Tune into his voice. Have a listening heart. When you hear, the, when you hear a sermon preached, hear it with your heart. Sometimes you hear with your ears, you take notes. That's all you get. That's all you get. But you turn, tune your heart in. What's God saying to me through this? Every time I sit down to hear the word preached, I open up my heart to hear what does God say to me through this. And what did I say? When you have a receptive heart, you can receive more. If you tune out God, he's, gonna, he's not going to get through to you. But if you learn to receive... His voice will come. His revelation will come. 
Si usted tiene un corazón cerrado, ya se para la voz de Dios hacia usted. Pero si usted abre su corazón, cuando usted oye un mensaje, usted oye la predicación, usted lee la palabra, con el corazón abierto, Dios habla. There have been times I've been reading the Bible about one topic and God will say, you need to call so and so and ask for forgiveness. But that's not even what I was reading about. But my heart heard his voice. That word, because my heart is open. See, I heard his voice. Or maybe I'll be, I'll be studying the scripture and he'll say, I want you to give so much in the offering. Say, Lord, this is not an offering text. But if your heart is open, he'll speak. And when he speaks, it'll be in the season that you need to hear it.